I thought we'd just always take a moment, you know, we shouldn't be rushed in the presence of the Lord, yeah? We should never be rushed in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes it feels like we're going to rush away from it. <laughs> but today, two big miracles are going to happen. The first one is a nearly 40-year-old man is going to suck in his stomach for about 30 minutes. <laughs> okay? And the second one is, I'm going to try and help you to find out what to do when you don't know which way to go. What do we do when we don't know what to do? Or when we don't know where to go next? Or what do we do when we're, when we're somewhere where we're not supposed to be? We know we're supposed to be somewhere else. What do we do when we don't know which way to go? What do we do when we're stuck? Well, today, when you leave here, I want you to know which way to go. And I want you to have the tools to kick the devil in the teeth, to be more than conquerors, and to overcome indecision. And mostly, know how to make godly decisions when you don't know which way to go, when you're stuck. We have to make thousands of decisions every day, you and me. You know, should I brush my teeth? Of course you should. Yes, you must. What room is my? Uh, who should I phone? Who should I not phone? What should I do? What job should I have? Which town should I live in? Which area should I live in? Where should my children go to school? All these sorts of things. Even to who should cut my hair? And yesterday, it was my wife. And I, it was an interesting experience. Um, but I think it, it turned out great. Um, but thank you so much, Cherise. This is my lovely wife. Look, it's just stunning. The most beautiful girl in the world. And, um, yeah, so a little bit of, so what do we do? We gotta make thousands. Who do you marry? Who do you not marry? By exclusion, everybody else, obviously. What do we do? What if you're stuck and you just can't move on? What do we do when we don't know which way to go? When you need to forgive somebody, when you're paralyzed and you're angry and you don't know which way to go, your marriage is strained and you're tired and you don't know which way to go and, you have opportunities staring you in the face in business and in corporate or in career or whatever it might be, even in relationship, but you just don't know which way to go. Change job, move town, phone your father who you haven't spoken to in a long time to visit a friend. You're a parent and you're at the end of your rope in terms of your child situation and you just don't know which way to go. What do you do? How do we get guidance for life's significant decisions? How do we do that? How do we make decisions not only that are right, but how do we make decisions that then are righteous? That's a next level kind of decision making. How do we make decisions that are in line with the will of God, his good and pleasing will? Have you heard that said? I mean, the Christians have taught the various wills of God, his perfect and his permissible and his many of them. But the whole time while I was under such teachings, I was just like, but what is it? What is the will of God for me? <laughs> I know there's a permissible one and I don't know what else there is but there's so many of them what is it <laughs> so it's nice that we educate ourselves about the kinds of will of God but still what do we do am I alone here am I the only one who's stuck sometimes often also we know which way to go but we just can't seem to do it and get ourselves to pray that's often the right way to go to forgive to release, to give. Yesterday I did, a, I did a wedding and I said, you know, the wife is the gift. First Corinthians says that um, man was not made for woman, woman for man. A better way of saying that is God gave a very nice gift to men. <laughs> you know, how would you treat the gift? 
And you know, you know that you ought to make coffee for your wife every morning <laughs> or tea or say nice things, but why is it so hard? <laughs> I'm talking on the half of men here, okay? I don't know what, we're headstrong people. Uh, you know. so, so what happens? Even the Apostle Paul said, the thing I don't want to do, I do, and the thing I do want to do, I don't do. I don't know what to do. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Here we go. It's my first scripture for the day. It says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Oh, my. So now, what is the right way to go? Even when that way seems to be right, but it isn't. Have you ever done that? You did something and you thought this seems right and it wasn't? I've done a few of those. How do we know? So anyway, I thought I'd tell you a humorous story. I was I went shopping somewhere during the pandemic, and yeah, you know, it just felt like everything's covered. I got a hat on to hide my terrible hair, and a mask on, and and you got things. And I'm just all I have to still find is two minute noodles, two minute noodles, two minute noodles, two minute noodles, and they they usually occupy an enormous part of the shelves of the you know of the supermarkets. So it's two minute noodles this aisle, but there are noodles in this aisle. No, it must be in another aisle. Go around. Maybe it's on a, like a promotional thing. I'm walking and I'm getting frustrated and eventually I find a human and I said to him, where's the two minute noodles? And you know what he did? Oh, they're, they're right here. So. <laughs> I was standing right next to them. <laughs> I was standing right there. Sometimes you're so blinded by your frustration that you can't even see the answer right in front of you because you just don't know which way to go. You know, it's like sort of, you remember Garmin's and Tom Tom's? Why do they all come standard with a, a lady voice guiding you gently? But one day, uh, I accidentally changed the female voice to a male voice. And since that day on, it just started saying, it's around here somewhere, just keep driving. That's terrible. Ah, how do we know which way to go? What did Israel do? I'm going to give you two, a two plus two today. Is that okay? A two plus two. Two decision disturbers and how to get rid of them. And the next layer would be two tests that your decisions have to pass in order for them to qualify for them to be righteous and pleasing to God. So it's going to be two decision disturbers and two decision testers. Is that okay? We get into it. Well, you know the story about Israel. Unfortunately, they were in slavery for 400 years uh, in Egypt. It's sort of Egyptian captivity. And you must imagine now, these people who are here, the very last generation before they, before they, with Moses, were delivered out of the hands of the Egyptians, they only knew Egypt and slavery. So when they were, when they got out, and they're now in the wilderness, which way do we go? And they'd see valleys and plains, desert, ocean, rivers, mountains. Which way do we go? And this is what God did. God took on the role of being their personal trail guide throughout the wilderness. Have a look at Exodus 31. Oh, sorry, Exodus 13, verse 21. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. And then later on in Exodus chapter 40, it says this, in all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, which is eventually where it rested, 
They would set out, but if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day had lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day. The fire was in the cloud by night and in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. They were guided by God. This is huge. They'd see things, all these valleys, plains, and hills, and they go, there goes the clouds. Let's go this way, this way. Okay, who'd like that? <laughs> who'd like, who'd, I'd really like that. Lord, just show me a cloud to follow. <laughs> that would be a lot easy. But we have what they had. Isaiah gave us the name of the force that was within the cloud. Isaiah 63, verse 11 to 14 in NIV says this, Then his people recalled the days of old, when the days of Moses and his people, uh, oh, sorry, the days of Moses and his people, where is he who brought them through the sea with a shepherd of his flock, Moses? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them, who sent his glorious arm of power to be at Moses' right hand, who divided the waters before them to gain for himself everlasting renown, who led them through the depths? Like a horse in open country, they did not stumble. Like cattle that go down to the plain, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Who guided the children of Israel? It was the Holy Spirit. So why do we find it so hard to get guidance from God? Why? When we don't know which way to go. We have the same Holy Spirit, that same cloud and fire now lives in us. Amen. It's still, we find it hard to do. So that's why I want to give you a few things to pick out. Here, here it comes. Two things to drop and two things to test. Drop number one. You have to stop following a culture that doesn't follow God. You can't have two masters. God's voice can't be mixed in with the rest of the voices. You'll be like, is that you, Lord? Which one is that? Is that Google? Which one is it? Is that me? Is that somebody else? Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, very well known. It says the following, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sistren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what that, that is there for, that you may prove. So offer your life as worship. Offer every moment as worship and transform yourself by the renewing of your mind through the Holy Spirit so that you will be able to test and prove. Church, how will we hear him while we listen to them? So our first step in knowing which way to go is not to say, God, what do you want me to do? But rather to ask, who calls the shots around here? Because sometimes it feels like the shots are being called on an equal plane. Influencers, self-help talkers. I mean, have some. By all means, have psychologists, have doctors, yes. But set God up as the primary and ultimate voice. God, what do you want me to do is one question the Lord is calling. <laughs> 
Sometimes, but we should be asking, who calls the shots around you? God might often be asking you, hey, so what are you going to do? God might be one of many voices you consider in the mix between self-help, horoscopes, talk shows, celebrities, influencers, motivators, gurus, or grandmas. (laughs) Have a grandma by all means. But I'm sorry, they cannot sit in the same seat as the Lord of creation who is eager, eager, eager to help those who worship him. He cannot, they cannot sit on the same seat. If you're following celebrities and star signs, you can't follow the sun. Amen. Have Christian friends. Have grandmas, but follow Christ. Give him the exclusivity of lordship in your life. Elevate him above the noise. Don't mix him in with it. Because then if you do mix him in with it, you won't know which way to go. Lord, is that you? Stop following a culture that doesn't follow God. There's an interesting thing that happens with the pillar of uh, cloud and the fire. Um, It's so interesting. It says that cloud by day, fire by night, and they walk day and night. Now, this is quite in line with some modern day, uh, even modern day pilgrimages or hikes in the desert because you mostly hike at night. You'd hike a little bit in the morning and the sun goes up and then you'd rest during the day. You'd go into your tent and when the sun is at its hottest and warmest and highest, you'd sort of pitch up a tent and hide, basically go in and don't get sunburned. And then at nighttime, you'd walk again. You don't know which way to go because you've been walking when it's resting time. And you've been resting when it's walking time. Now, I'm not saying go to work at night. Some of you work shifts. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But how will you know which way to go when you are dehydrated from walking in the hot, hot sun? Don't you know that walking early morning and at night will save you on your pilgrimage at least three liters of water a day? You are tired and unable to know which way to go because you're walking at the wrong time and you're resting at the wrong time. Take shelter from the heat. So now rest because now you rest sometimes because oh, life's just too hard. I got to get into the tent, but you've been in the sun and you're dehydrated and you're tired. Instead of rest and get strong and then hit the ground running, filled up and fresh when the air is cool. I'm saying that when you're at work and the heat is on, stop for a minute and get in the tent of prayer. I'm saying. When it seems your marriage is taking strain and you're tired, stop walking in the heat of, and get into the tent and walk when it is cooled and you have been in the tent resting. You're spending money on items that dehydrate you. You cannot, like these things cannot give us rest. You're walking in the heat then. Don't spend money on these items, but We ought to spend money on items that give us rest and helps us walk at the right time. You're walking in places that will burn you. We strive through our struggles and get tired unto death and hope that by some chance we can stick our heads into the tent of church on a Sunday and get a morsel of a break. Weary. But we need our daily rest in our souls to walk and not grow weary, to run and not grow faint. 
We must take shelter in the shadow of his wings at midday and run with him when the air is cool. Amen. You could be dehydrated from walking in the hot, hot sun of the struggles of life without taking rest. And now at night, your body wants rest, but your mind is still running. And in the day, your body wants rest, but your mind just wants to switch off as well. This is just the formula for a tired life. If we walk, in, walk on through the heat of our struggles for months and take no, no time to get into the tent to take shelter with our best friend, the Holy Spirit, somehow hoping things will get better. It, I don't know if it will. He has the way. Get in the tent and say, Lord, give me rest. And you call the shots around here. Amen. Yeah. So, Exodus 40 ends like this. It says, Exodus 40 verse 34 says this, the cloud and the fire was relocated to the tabernacle. It descended from above the tent once the tabernacle was complete and the glory of God went in and rested between the cherubim and the seraphim. That's what happened. And if you were there that day with this cloud resting down, you'd have, you'd have, you'd have stood there with me and said, look Vince, that's that there, that's where God lives. And now that same God lives in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? He dwells in you. So the first drop was to stop listening or stop following a culture that doesn't follow God. And the second drop is stop sleeping when you should be walking. So now that I've shown you these two decision disturbers, stop following the culture that doesn't follow God and stop sleeping when you should be walking. The next layer is then testing the decision. Test one. When you're making the decision, it's got to pass the following test. Does it help you run? Does it help you run? Often when speaking to young people, they come up with excuses for doing things in their lives. They just go, but Vince... What's wrong with it? What's wrong with a little bit of this, a little bit of that? What's wrong with a little white lie? What's wrong with doing life this way? Or What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. Is that how you want to live, young person? So what's wrong with a few drinks? What's wrong with a little bit of flirting at work? What's wrong with a little white lie? That's not the question the believer should be asking, Amen. The believer should not be asking such questions. Let's read Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The believer doesn't ask what is wrong with it. The question should be, does this help me run? When it comes to who you want to marry, does this person help me run the race of faith? When it comes to going with a business partner, does this person help me run the race of faith that God has set out for me? Throw off these weights. They sap your strength and your endurance. They slow you down to a halt. And then you say, I don't know which way to go. But you've got weights on you. It has to pass the test. Does it help me run? Does this person, this partnership, this idea, does it help me run? Forget self-confidence, forget self-help. When a decision helps you run, you will get confidence. Godly 
God confidence, not just any kind. So you have to answer the question, does it help me run? The second test it has to pass is hold it up to the light. This decision, this thing I want to do, or I need to do, or I don't know whether I should do or not. Hold it up to the light. Let's read Psalm 119 verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. It's such a beautiful scripture. In, in more sort of historical days, the reason why they'd need lamps is because, you know, the municipality didn't give them lights outside. Um, but also, I don't know, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but mostly to guide your feet. There were no paved, beautiful roads or sidewalks or things like that. You were walking at night now in the wilderness or in the desert. You are walking between towns. And you'd need something to light up the path and not let you stumble. Because what would be in a path? Animals, things that fall. <laughs> There'd be some smelly things in the path. They also had gutters everywhere for things to run off to, ditches. There'd be all kinds of snares waiting for you when you're walking. So you need a lamp unto your feet and a light for your path to know which way to go. But there's only one kind of light. It's the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the word made. He is God's word made flesh. So now we can read it differently. We can say, Jesus is the lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. Does it hold up to that light? Does it hold up in the light? Hold it up in the light. Some of us treat God like sort of a magic eight ball. Some of us like maybe God, if this, then I'll that. Sort of cornering God in a way. Others are like, God, give me a sign. But sometimes... God lets you run with it. Like a child who maybe, my children are two and four now, and they come, two and five, sorry. <laughs> Daddy, can I do this? Yes, it's fine. Daddy, can I do this? No, 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 you can't. Daddy, Vita did this. Okay, no, no, let's sort that out. But imagine if you were 25. Daddy, if you're going to, Daddy, can I? Surely by then, a good father would go like, listen here. Put a lamp to your path called Christ and run. And run. And run. Don't come back and ask me the whole... Run. Sometimes God gives you the prerogative to make the decision. And you're stuck saying, is this the right one? Is that the right one? But we're going to answer that question now. Does it hold up to the light? Does it hold up to the glory of the name of Jesus? Money cannot be the lamp unto your feet. It can't get you anywhere in righteousness. If it's Christ, he can lead you in a path of righteousness in your money, but without him, you'll be in the dark. Only one way leads to joy, leads to life. Only one lamp can lead to love, joy, and peace. Only one lamp can lead to righteousness. But you'll be sad to know that the will of God has less to do with what you do and way more to do with why you do it. God's plan for your life is less about doing the right thing and more about rightly doing things. It's less about doing the right thing and more about rightly doing things. Many people do good things, but true worship is not doing the right thing. It's about rightly doing all things. He's not looking so much 
as who you want to marry, but why? He's not looking so much at which business you want to do or what career, but do you want to do it rightly? So you can say, oh, should I be a doctor or a, I don't know, something else? Should I, should I do this? Should I go move to this town or to that? Should I open this thing and close that? God says, run. Run. But the test is, rightly do it. There's not a, obviously notwithstanding things that are clearly morally wrong. <laughs> Don't do those things. But God say, rightly do all things. Rightly be a teacher. Rightly be a husband. Rightly be a wife. Rightly be a son and a daughter. Do those things rightly. Does it hold up to the light then? Do them rightly. John 14, 23 says this. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Sorry, I'm reading John 14, 23. I don't know if it's going to be on the screen. No. I want to paraphrase this Bible verse. It says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come to them and make my home with them. I say my own version or my paraphrasing of the scripture to myself every day. Love Jesus more than you love anything and you will hate what is evil and love what is good. Love Jesus more than you love anything and you will hate what is evil and love what is good. Stir up, yes, your affection for Jesus in worship. Love is not easy. Can the married people say amen? I don't know. Yeah, It's hard work. Love is a kind of decision you pick up and run with. It's part of the run. Run your race. Run. Run. Do that in love. Do it rightly. It's part of the run. Love Jesus more than you love anything and you'll hate what is evil and love what is good. And that gives us such good indication of where to go. Everything will become worship. Your marriage will become worship. Your parenting will become worship. You will rightly do your job. You won't say, oh, I need another job. I need another thing. Say, I will rightly do it here to the praise of his glory. It is legitimate for you to make your plans, church. But sometimes also expect God to ambush them. I have made some plans and God has totally ambushed them. Then I've made some that have succeeded. But we should not neglect the ultimate awesome sovereignty of God who can come in and ambush any plan you've made for the sake of his glory. But I wanted to say this to you. When there is a desire to please him, he will show you the way to do it. When there is a desire for you to please him, he will show you the way to do it. So I'm, I'm about to wrap up. Is that okay? You have some decisions to make to move on, to forgive. You have some decisions to make that might release you from your anger, your frustration. Like I said, you might have some opportunity staring in your face, but you don't know which way to go. Change job, move town. Situations at work. You have some decisions to make. Psalm 23 verse 3 says this. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, righteousness, 
for my happiness sake. No, no, wait. Uh, uh, he leads me in paths of righteousness for my career's sake. No. He leads me in paths of righteousness for my future's sake. No. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When it is your desire, yes. When, when it is your desire to please him, he will show you the way in which to do it and he will stake his name on it. Is that not the ultimate guarantee? I will stake my name on this hour, the way that I'm leading you, staking my name on it. Paths of righteousness is not about doing the right thing, but rightly doing things. Paths of righteousness is not career paths. Our career path is influenced by the path of righteousness we are walking with the living God. The way I do my job. God is eager to work in every decision, making space in your life. He will get you there. He will get you there. He stakes his name on it. And today I want to vanquish the fears that you have sitting here today. That even if you've made a mistake, Paul made two very big mistakes on some of his journeys. He shouldn't have gone two places. It was a 500 kilometer walk and camel ride. He made a mistake. How long does it take to plan a 500k walk? <laughs> Paul gets there. Turn around, go away. Isn't that crazy? Yet still, even when you make mistakes, God provides more opportunities. I want to vanquish the fears that you have. That even though you've made a mistake, even though you've sinned, there is a desire in you to please him as a child of God and he will lead you. The shepherd will guide you. He will not let your foot slip. He will work on your behalf in places that you don't even see, that you're not even aware of. He will work when you are sleeping. He will work with you in your future and restore your past. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. Can we stand together to pray? Nesta, would you mind joining me? The Lord is our shepherd. Now, if you're stuck and you don't know which way to go, I hope you've got some answers today. Two things to drop and two ways to test. Don't follow the culture that doesn't follow God. And don't walk when you should be resting and don't rest when you should be walking. Decision testers are, does it help me run? And can it bear the glory of His name? Can it bear the glory of His name? Does it hold up in the light? So most of you should know Psalm 23 when I read it. I was wondering if we can sing it together. Just put our trust in the Lord again for these decisions that need to be made. I know that some of you are facing very important decisions. Some of you have been ignoring those decisions, but it's festering now. It's starting to stare you in the face. The Lord's my shepherd, but I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still water. 
to be pleasing unto you. Everything in our lives be an act of great worship. Father, would you show us which way to go? Would you give us the things to drop and the things with which to test every decision? Father, I pray for boldness, decisions that will help us run the race, that will change the course of of people who are coming after us, of our children, change the course of this town, Lord. Would you help us run? and live in the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise for this house.